Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Good morning, Beverly. How are you today? I'm doing good, Jenny. How are you? Well, up until a few minutes ago, when someone mentioned that if I have cold symptoms, I maybe should take a COVID test, I thought I was doing pretty good. <laughs> so I'm really hopeful I don't have COVID, but I yeah. am feeling like a little congested. My throat's a little off and, and all those things. And it is true. When I had COVID in February, it was a cold. That's all it yeah. felt like. So, so now I'm going to be a little nervous about that, but I will be testing today before I head out for my day, which is... I mean, important, but also I have groceries to get. So that may be my husband's new joy. Um. <laughs> or you might order them online. Oh, solid point. We used to do that all the time and I don't as much anymore. Yeah. Because they, they often would substitute. I know you can yeah. click the box that says don't do it, but then they just wouldn't give me groceries. <laughs> <laughs> but supply chain's a little better. Anyway, Awesome. Okay, well, this <laughs> month we're we have our theme of so not clothes, and we have a fantastic sponsor. Noodlehead is uh, giving us a pattern to give away, and Noodlehead has a bunch of patterns uh, for bags. And the one that I am most intrigued to make, and I've been wanting to make, and this is why I reached out to them and asked if they would sponsor, is the Sandhill Sling, and it is the coolest looking. Um, it, it reminds me of a fanny pack, but it's not at all. It's a, it's like a, more like a backpack, but it's a, uh, but it's only one strap and it goes over the body. So it's a cross body bag. Yeah. But it goes on your back. Oh, okay. So you know how a lot of people are wearing their fanny packs now, like sort of cross body. Yeah, that's how I wear mine. Yeah, that's, that's what it reminds me of, but it's, it's actually more of a backpack thing. It looks lovely. Um, I'm definitely going to make this pattern. Uh, it will be one of my first, like, non, you know, just little, what, what kind of bags do they call those? Tote bag. It'll be my non tote yeah. bag. First time. It'll be a real bag. bag. Yeah. So it'll be, be a big deal to me. Anyways, that. Uh, Comp- Noodlehead is giving us one free pattern. Our last month's sponsor, Needle Sharp, um, who donated the uh, head wraps, yeah. is offering a discount for all our listeners. You you don't even have to participate in the contest if you don't want. And um, the the discount code is PFNOV. Awesome! That's really nice. Yes. And once again, I am contributing some labels and also some patches this month for one lucky winner. And we'll, we'll uh, when the winner is pulled, I'll send out an assortment of those items to that winner. And that is open worldwide. Awesome. I'm very excited. I've really been enjoying making those patches, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, a little bit later in this episode. But what have you been up to? Because I feel like there's an exciting new pattern that I've been seeing all over Instagram that you may have finished. I did. I did. Okay. So (laughs) I haven't been doing as much since I got back from my vacation from um, Cape Cod, but uh, because I've been, we've been like 
oddly busy. And by busy, I mean, two nights a week, we've had to do something outside of our house. But um, (laughs) uh, that's not true. It's been more than that. But I finished my closet core Mitchell trousers. Okay, tell me more about this. Because I know you you described them. I find it interesting that they're called trousers and not pants. As a dress person, I, I always am confused that there's a difference. And it's how like do dress pants. They're kind of okay. like dress pants. So the, th- these pants have the most interesting construction. I think of pants as like, okay, British people are laughing probably because pants are underwear, right? But pant in in our topic, pants is like the overarching category. And trousers is a type. Jeans is a type. You know, that's well, what are what are okay? So, I gotta ask some more questions, okay? Um, because now I'm already super confused. So, then, like, when I make a pair of Calder pants, what are they? What's their subcategory? Oh, these no. are a, a um, these are the uh, glebes, anything like elastic back, flat front. Is it like pants. for wearing for wearing to work kind of thing? Yeah, like wearing to work. Yeah, those would be trousers or slacks to me, okay. What's the difference between a trouser and a slack? I don't know. I think like they're the same. No, that's fine. You don't yeah. have to know. We're not really trying to educate anyone, but I thought I'd try and sneak in some education I for me. I think they're the same. I think probably slacks are used more. I think that's generation. I don't know. Trousers and slacks, they just seem very fancy words that they use in England and not here. <laughs> okay, cool. And um, as We just say note, pants in general. I, and I you, think that... Pants is not what's going to excite our English listeners. That's true. It's going to be the whole conversation <laughs> about fanny packs. But go ahead. Well, Clouds, of course, also in Canada. So that might be why they use trousers because they they sound like Americans, but they use British spelling. So okay. I don't know. <laughs> this is off topic. Okay. But it is wonderful. There are okay. no topics here. Go ahead. <laughs> so these have the most interesting construction. Number one, the really big difference in them, God, there's a number of differences in them. I love the way they're constructed. So they have pleats in the front, but the pleats do not open until hip level, which I really like. Um, I think that um, I'm always uncomfortable with pleated pants because they open like high up for me and it, it just is. I just don't like the look of them. I think they, it's just an odd, it looks like the pants are too small for me or something. And these ones keep the pleat together until you get to hip level. I really like that. Second of all, uh, and the pleat is farther out. It meets up with the pocket. Okay. So that's different. Another different thing is that they don't have a waistband. So that's very unusual for this type. Um, they're, They're like the Pietra pants where they have a facing that comes inside, um, but they have a fly. So it's, it's just very different. Um, The one thing that's interesting, I made the whole thing and I put them on and it feels like the flies on the wrong side. So I thought I did this backwards, but I looked at their picture and I think I did it right. And I don't know, maybe in trousers, women's are supposed to be different than men. I don't know. This seems to be different than my jeans. Um, but it's awkward for me to get on. So I got to figure out that I might just do it on the other side next time. Um, but I made them with some, I I was going to make like a regular, uh, just mock-up kind of thing, but there's enough things that I needed to practice on it 
have welt pockets, which I wanted to include. Yeah. And um, that needs, I think that required some practice for me because I've only ever made them in jackets before. And, um, and I haven't in a long time, over a year. So I wanted to practice that. So, And are these butt welt pockets? Yes. Yes. Okay. So they're going to be, I know they're visible on jackets, but on butt welt pockets, I think they're like extra visible. So I can see really wanting to, to make that practice. I realize now that sounds like I'm implying all people will be staring at your ass, but it's one of those (laughs) where when you're walking somewhere, it's noticeable if they're, if they're even, if they seem bulgy or, you know, things like that. So yeah, that seems, seems like one you would want to twelve for sure. So, and, you know, welt pockets are, you know, once you cut them, they're, that's where they're going to be. Oh, you yeah. Know? <laughs> so, and unlike a patch pocket, which you might move. Um, right. Anyways, that's interesting on it. Um, I did a lot of the details that they suggested in there. I uh, finished the fly shield with um, bias tape and I finished the uh, interior facing with bias tape. It looks beautiful on the inside of them. And they're very comfortable. They're a little shorter than I thought they would be. Um, right. They're, but they're kind of a crop style because I, I chose, there's two styles on it. One is the wide leg, which is meant to be like floor skimming. Like she right. says, try it on with the shoes you're going to wear, which I don't know how you know what shoes you're going to wear every time, but you're supposed to try it on with the shoes you're going to wear. And then also, um, you know, and make it like really long like that. And then the other pair is the tapered ones, which I made, and those um, those are shorter. So I, I think I'll get away with it just fine, but, they, but they're pretty short. Anyways, highly recommend them. Pattern was named for uh, Joni Mitchell, uh, who wore sort of menswear kind of pants or trousers all the time. And um, so... This is actually still in October that we're recording this. So this is going to count for uh, PF gender more for me. I love it. So yeah, the, the pants length and the shoes thing. I, so my mother was a shoe horse like I am. She owned so many shoes when I was growing up and she would have her pants hemmed to the height of her shoes. But she did that because she classified her shoes in heel heights. So she had um, flats, which were up to about a three-quarter inch heel. And then she had one inch, two inch, three inch, and four inch. And so she might buy the same pair of black trousers or pants, or there was another word, wasn't there? Slacks. Slacks. Um, She might buy any of those things where she'd buy four of the exact same thing and have them hemmed to wear with flats and two or three levels of heels so that she could have them so i i mean she was she was very extra but but i think that's i think that's a thing people sometimes do because it's less about the exact pair of shoes and more about the general i'm going to wear these with pumps and my yeah. pumps are two inch I pumps see. or yeah. whatever right. so that might might be it yeah, but I it might so. not be i just i have a lot of memories around that when we were moving her up here to her nursing home she only wears birkenstocks now Although we've recently found a pair of tennis shoes that I think are going to work for her, but she only wears Birkenstocks. So when I was moving her, I had to keep checking inseams so that I could be moving the right pants because she still had all her clothing, like from forever, like from the seventies forward. And so 
So it was a matter of kind of digging through it and going, oh, these are the ones with the short inseams. That way I won't have to hem them all when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah, that's um, a thing. and to be fair, I don't <laughs> wear high heels. So it'd probably be pretty easy for me to figure out the approximate height of whatever shoes it was yeah. coming here with it. Um, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. So I am continuing on um, prepping for this opportunity to sell at East Fork's um, store in Asheville. They're giving that opportunity to crafters that um, and artists who work for um, work for the company. And so I, I have been in full on production mode. And because this is a visual medium, I'm definitely going to go show Beverly some of the items, but I've been making um, linen napkins. And this one I've applied a patch to that says the mug, because that's the hashtag the company is known for. We have a mug we make, but they're all done using a wide um, twin needle. Nice. So I'm, God help me, pressing and folding and then twin needling um, wow. to make the napkins. And I can get it done. Like, Are you using your cover stitch? I am not. <laughs> I am not. Have you taken um, your cover stitch out of the box? It is out of the box. It's been out of the box for, um, I'm going to say, at least four months. And it is on a shelf now. <laughs> now it's so, art. <laughs> as I... As I continue to downsize in my room, I believe I'm going to develop space to set up additional machines, ah. which was the problem. I had, I built the space. I, I set, set it up. Um, and then I immediately, uh, got a different kind of a job and the space that I had built was no longer usable for that. I needed it for work and all this other stuff. So I, I think there's a path back there, but we're just going to put a pin in that until um, the next time we do a scary challenge. Okay. So, <laughs> so I've been doing those and I do them in two ways. I either stamp directly on the fabric or I'm adding a patch that I have stamped on. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, and in addition to that, because I've decided to put patches on some of these, I've been, I've been stamping little, little patches in order to put them on. Cause what I discovered was I didn't have very many where I had four that were the same. Mm. And since I'm selling them in sets of four, I guess that's an important detail. Um, having four things that are the same or themed or whatever yeah. seems important. I've also been kind of doing that part of crafting where you have to you have to prepare things to be able to sell them. So you have to you have to attach um, you have to attach little little signs to them so that people can know what they're getting. So I've got I've got oh, little business look at that cards, fancy thing um, that on the front have all my information and my new logo, the one I had made with the half yeah. moon and, or full moon, but hidden by clouds. And it's got my information. It includes punk rockers. And <laughs> on the back, on the back, it's got the little story that I'm, I'm using to sell the part where I don't fully finish the seams where, <laughs> where they're not found. So, so I got collateral that explains it because it, it talks about the fact that I got my mom's sewing machine in her cabinet and in the drawers were tools that I'm using for uh, making boots. And so it's, it's a generational care issue, not a, I don't want to bind issue. I see. Uh, also, it would double the price of the bag. <laughs> I had to buy them. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> so, so I've been attaching those with those like, what the hell? 
Sorry. I had an alarm go off. I don't know if you heard it, but I did. No, oh. I didn't hear the alarm. <laughs> I just heard the what the hell. <laughs> well, it's good for me to know in the future. <laughs> so, um, so I've been adding the price tags and things to that. And I, anyway, I'm getting a lot of stuff set up around that. And that means I'm also going through my bags with a critical eye, which is not my best skill and identifying the ones that I still don't think are ready for resale. So I can pull those aside and, you know, give them to people I love. And (laughs) 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 so, so I've been pulling aside the things that, that don't, don't meet my quality standards. And let's take a moment and think about what that must mean. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, so yeah, you've, you've got the ones where I look at it and I'm like, I don't know, that feels a little crooked or I don't like the way this scene came together. And yeah, so that's my party right now is, is prepping for that sale. Um, you guys will be glad to hear. I'll end up, I won't be talking about it anymore by the end of, uh, end of November. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. We prepped this a little out of order with what I was able to accomplish. I planned to make a Halloween costume yesterday because yesterday was the 29th of October as we record. Today is the 30th. And I didn't quite get to it yesterday because I'm feeling a little off as noted. See intro. Um, But I have a plan. I have this crocheted hat that a friend made me that looks like Fozzie Bear. So from the Muppets. So it's got the little bowler hat on top and the ears and the nose and the eyes, and it pulls down over your ears and has like swingy tie cords. It's super adorable. And it's important because I don't usually have a lot of hair. So it's a really, really great hat. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be Fozzie Bear. Surely I have some sort of Fozzie Bear colored dress in my closet. And and no, indeed, I have sold all of those previously. So I do not have something for this. So I went out and I picked up some um, fabric off of Joanne's clearance dots section um, really inexpensively. This is sort of a flannelly tweed um, in in that gold brown color that Fozzie Bear is. And I'm just going to whip up a quick dress out of it. And then the one other thing I'd totally forgotten Fozzie had, I pictured him for some reason with a bow tie, but he wears like a scarf around his yeah. neck, but like a woman's scarf. And I know this is gender. Uh, we just finished with gender more, but it's the style of scarf I pictured my mom wearing in the 70s. So like a pussy bow, but not tied into the bow necessarily. Do you see huh. what I mean? Yeah. So, and it's white with pink dots on it that are of some sort. And I, I found the perfect quilting fabric that's just white with little pink flowers that almost look like dots. And so it's it's a really close um, uh, anal- nope. approximation. Thank you. It's a really close A word of the one that Fozzie wears. So I've got this all put together. Now, cool. normally for Halloween, if you followed me for a while, you know that a lot of my costumes involve full makeup, ball gowns, things like that. I have like some important meetings on Monday mm-hmm. and I felt like a costume where I could just remove the costuminess by taking off my hat might be better. So, so for the first time in my grown person life, I am, I am pulling back on the full-on costumeness of my costume in favor of making a professional look at work, which is wild. I, I've never really done that. That's not a thing I've worried about. <laughs> well, um, I'm proud of you. You've, you've made probably a very good decision with that. I, I feel like it might be a good decision, but I also feel like 
there's a good chance my bosses would be like, I mean, it wouldn't have been a problem, but it, but come on, it's distracting if you're sitting across from someone who's wearing full on Joker makeup or, you know, well, I think the best part will be if you're meeting this person you're meeting with comes in in full on Joker costume. I mean, I think that will be amazing, um, but I am I am going to doubt it. I I think I'm going to make the argument that probably in management I will be the only one in costume. That that it'll be folks who aren't at my level generally wearing costumes. That's been my experience most places I've ever worked, seen, experienced pictures of, etc. Is that that oftentimes people people at high levels don't participate. I know when I was working at the last, the the company that I had been with for 12 years, um, I brought costumes for the rest of management (laughs) because if I brought them something and really easy things, like I kept red polos in various colors with the, the white hat so you could be Gilligan. And I, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, things like that, things that would be really easy to do because staff often really enjoy seeing management look silly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's talk about some new patterns. Oh, good. So Deer and Doe has a new fall winter collection. And there's some interesting things about this. One thing I want to note before we even talk about the styles is they've made a decision this time that they have made all of the samples for both size ranges. They use the same fabric for both so that you can really see a comparison. You could see, you know, if you see a dress and you see it on the um, the smaller model, if you look at the one that they've made for the larger model that maybe more your size, you can have an idea of what it looks like in that same fabric and the same treatment instead of, and they've made a lot of photos illustrating all the different, um, all the different views. So we've got a link to each of the, 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 the pattern that you would buy would be like a dress and a skirt. It's, it's one pattern. It's a dress and a skirt. And, right. um, we've got a link to each of those in our show notes, but I really like that they did that with the same fabric. I have to say that's something I don't know that I've seen previously by any company and I appreciate it. I think that is a level of parody that I'm not used to seeing in sewing companies. Um, you see it all the time in ready to wear, where if they're selling yeah. something across multiple sizes, you're going to see the same dress on two humans, which is extra helpful there because oftentimes they're not the same dress. They're similar dresses, but they've mm-hmm. made adjustments for different sizes. And I appreciate this giving you such a good experience of what that's going to look like on two different bodies. So that's bravo. Well done, deer and doe. No, doe and deer. Deer and doe. You're right. Okay, cool. Um, so the first time you're right. Um, so the, first, the first is the Circe dress and skirt. And this they describe as their first um, full wrap dress. Uh, this is similar to another dress that they have that is not in the current, the updated size range, but it is a full wrap dress. Um, the sleeves are really cool on it. So it's a princess seamed wrap dress. And, um, it has, uh, the, the sleeves on it are sort of long bell sleeves with slits up the side. So there's really dramatic looking and they've provided two different lengths for the dress, uh, a longer and sort of a knee length. And then that also comes with a mini skirt or midi skirt. So this is one of those dresses that I expect to see people making a lot of for holiday events, for, um, 
for frocktails events and things yeah. like that. But it would also be an easy upgrade for a costume. It's way too late for this year, but for next year, because it's very princessy, the the style of the sleeve. So if you put it in the right fabric, I the right fabric, you're mm-hmm. going to have a really fancy opportunity here. Well, I also think it would make a good, like if you had it in a different fabric in sort of a black gauze, it would make a great like Elvira costume. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I really like this one. I think it's really neat. That said, I, I struggle to feel great about wrap dresses, so I don't know that I'm going to make it, but I really, really like it. I think it's a neat addition, and it is unique. Those sleeves really take it to a place where even if you have a similar wrap dress, those sleeves may be something you want to explore because they yes. are they're really neat. Um, they I did are. get a chance to talk to um, uh, a couple of the folks who tested this. Oh, <laughs> who yeah. Were, who were busting at the seams to be able to share their makes. So oh, those well, should all be available okay, for good. folks to see now. Yeah. Well, the, the next part of the collection is the orage, I think is how you'd say it, dress, top, and skirt. Yeah. And this is really interesting because there's basically three different tops included in this. Uh, the dress has this sort of front keyhole thing, which is constructed, I think, with a separate yoke that goes to make the gosh. I believe it is. So what what you've got going on is you have what looks like a, a dress. If you look at the other view, that's like the scoop neck. It's probably that scoop neck bodice, but you've now put on top of it a reverse scoop. So you yeah. have that sort of um, not a crescent moon, but you like know, a a, little... like like what comes together in a Venn diagram, right? What comes together in a Venn diagram, but going sideways, right yeah. on your uh, over your chest. So there may be some cleavage vig- visible there. There may not, depending on the size of your body and the location of your particular cleavage, and so. <laughs> It's, uh, I, I think that is a really awesome look. The thing that I think is probably off-putting about that for some folks is that high neck. Cause now you've got that, um, lo- looks like almost a mock turtle. It's not quite yep. necessarily tall enough for a turtle, but it might be a mock turtle. Yeah. And, um, a lot of folks don't seem to like that thing right up there at their neck, but I think this is, I, I like it. This one I would make. And definitely feels like a wintry thing. It looks like yes. something. I mean, if you made this, I mean, their their models are, are gorgeous in this sort of navy uh-huh. blue. I think it's some kind of. Oh, I, I think it's, it's like a jersey. pant velvet, or yeah, it's not. But you could totally make it out of that and make a beautiful Christmas dress. The, oh the, yeah. The opening there is not revealing. It's not um it's not where you'd feel inappropriate wearing it to Christmas no. or something. No, um, it's not low enough to be like that unless you have unless you're maybe higher higher placement of your testicles than mine. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty the the, the opening's pretty high up. So I, I think most folks wouldn't have to worry about that. But there's also a square <laughs> neckline included. There's kind of a a higher like crew neckline of a cropped top and um, then the separate skirt and the skirts neat too, because it looks like in the front, it, the sides are up higher a little bit. So it has some drama in there. Um, very flowy. I think they recommend using something like, um, like a bamboo Jersey or rayon Jersey and not so much like okay. a regular cotton Jersey, like something real flowy. So the skirt is also a knit. Yes. Yes. Okay. That I don't think I could tell from the photos, um, but it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I I like it. I think this one's a really neat one. This is this one's the one that's going to be tempting to me. 
Um, okay. so that's amazing. So now we're going to do, this is really exciting for you guys. Um, <laughs> it's, it's live for us and recorded for you, but we're, we're going to look at taco number five, which came out this morning. Yes. And, and so this is, this is going to be our first and realist experience of it. Um, so and I'm excited. <laughs> For the designs for this, we have a link in our show notes. And um, um, the first one that they have is called the Wimborn. And um, this is like a coat. It's a, it is a coat. It's a, it's a wind, the Wimborn coat is a wrap, is created to wrap the wearer in a cocoon of warmth. And it looks to me like a long cardigan. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. That is, that is exactly how it looks. And it is, um, I like the way they use the cocoon there because it's, it's a cocoon shape with balloon sleeves. Um, it is fully lined, which takes it a little bit out of the, oh. the cardigan category. Didn't realize um, that. Yeah, but I think it's really lovely. And I can imagine doing this, um, as they recommend in like a boiled wool or, or a heavier wool to have a very, very warm opportunity there. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the shape on it. I, I think it's a neat looking, a neat looking little jacket. Okay. Um, the hmm. next one is the Hyla. It's a um a a gar a bag. It's it wild. Like it is totally wild. <laughs> um but the the version that they're showing is like with handmade vintage doilies. I'm assuming you don't need to use handmade vintage doilies to make this, although that's a very niche pattern <laughs> if it requires that. Um, but it's a, it's a hand sewing project, which yeah, I. Yeah, that's not for like, me, but, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's neat that that's a thing that's out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if it does require that because I can imagine it saying, here's how you would sew together found materials because the description here is that this is, um, this is a, a thing that is created from vintage things at, um, at a, that they start their process at a flea market. Right. Yeah. And so I can imagine that they would say, actually, here's how you're going to put together your fabrics and here's how you would do it if they were doilies, but maybe not. It's, it is, it is wild. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next one is Valley, which is a slip dress. Um, and it is, uh, it's stated to be just inspired by the rolling hills and mountains, the lines of those things. So the front hem curves up like a hill and the back hem curves down, oh. um, like the drop of a valley. And it looks like it would be relatively easy to make. Um, favorite fabrics by the designer are pleated velvet and velour and placé. And the, the pictured one is, um, is definitely a pleated fabric. And it is, I mean, it is interesting. I think, I think that's a, a very neat looking slip dress. And what I like about it is I've seen very few things that are, are designed for specifically those pleated fabrics that I see yeah. all the time and find so intriguing. But I also find a little complicated to think about how I'm going to adapt that for a particular pattern, because I do think it is, it is different to sew with a pre-pleated. Mm. right where it's those um sort of melted into the, into yeah. the fabric pleats because you're you know your whole process from cutting and everything else has to acknowledge that the expectation is that those pleats aren't flattened right yeah and so it's it's interesting to see this both pictured in that and designed with that in mind 
It also seems to be designed to, I don't know if it's designed to wear over a shirt, but in the picture it's over a shirt, which is makes it more um, uh, wearable for the wintertime. But I imagine without that, it'd be great for our friends in the Southern Hemisphere who are warming up right now. Yeah, ab- absolutely. For me, I, I think I'd have to wear a shirt under it at any time just because I, I would be uncomfortable myself with the um the support apparatus I would have to wear <laughs> to wear Although you know what that would make kind of a lovely nightgown. Oh it would definitely make a lovely nightgown and I would imagine if you had pleated silk it would make a fancy lovely yeah. nightgown. Yeah. So I think there's some choices there for sure. Okay. Um, I like that one. The next one is called Dylan. It's by Christine Haynes and it is a it's like uh pinafore kind of but it looks like yeah. i think it's called an apron dress or something that's yeah. what i would call it yes it's a classic apron wrap dress and um it has it's like a bib and shoulder straps you definitely wear this over something yeah and with it being a wrap dress i assume the wrap is in the back to me this is my favorite kind of apron for my actual kitchen mm-hmm. is one mm-hmm. where you've got the bib on the front the skirt on the front and at the back it wraps side to side so you can button it at the right and left side and you've got full coverage. <laughs> yeah. I so think, yeah, I'm not sure how this works, but it's definitely a full skirt. Um yeah, it's it's hard to tell because we don't have line drawings here. Since this came out this morning, all we've got is the um pictures and descriptions. Yeah, and the pictures are always super arty, so they're not necessarily <laughs> yeah, they're not necessarily super helpful. helpful. Yeah, their purpose isn't to convince you to, you know, that that this is the specific lines of a garment you'd like it's to make you feel like yes i want to go lie on some moss on the side of a (laughs) mountain in my apron dress um and they do a very good job of trying to convince you of that for sure next up is the mullah which i i really enjoy because they're called trousers and we've had a long conversation (laughs) about that today Um, but when you look at this there are two different images for these these trousers and uh, it says they're inspired by plaids and boxy silhouettes in the 60s. Weirdly, neither are pictured in plaids. We do have a pinstripe, though. Um, and you can wear them in multiple ways. Leave the legs loose or button them up for a harem pants style. Yeah. So if you look at that first one <laughs> on the bottom, if you zoom in, you, yeah, it um, you can see that there's button loops there. Yep. And then this is really interesting. So there's button loops sort of on the inside, in the inseam, and then there's buttons on the outseam. And if you were to button them together, like behind, then you would have this harem style. Right. I can tell you one thing. I'll never wear that like that. (laughs) It reminds me of the knickers, which again, I know our British listeners love, which were a just below knee length with a cuff pant that was available for wear to children whose parents didn't like them very much in the late 70s and early 80s. (laughs) Yeah, that was me, I I guess. (laughs) I owned many pairs. Yeah. And and it reminds me of those those very much. Um, The other thing that I think is a standout about it is the pant looks like an interior bag pocket has been placed on the exterior and top stitched down. Yeah. Am I wrong? I mean, that's kind of what that's, that looks like. It is like, what right? it looks like. Um, at first, I, I thought they were wearing them inside out, so you could like you see you could see how the pockets go, but it um, it's not. 
I don't know. This, I'm feeling I think some this hesitation. Might little, this might be a little too cool for me. So it's like your hairdresser. <laughs> Not my new hairdresser, my old one. Oh, that's right. I apologize. I'd forgotten you'd gotten away from too cool for school. Um, yeah. But these are these are interesting. They're actually to me they're super intriguing. I would love to make I would love to make a pair of these and then want, uh, see what I'll, happens I'll, when uh, I button them. Up. I'll trace them out for you and send it to you <laughs> and see. Um, hey, if you'll do that, I'll genuinely I'll make them hundred okay. percent. These remind me of pants that my grandfather brought back from Turkey, and I know the designer here is based in Indonesia, mm. um, but it reminds me of pants. Um, that my grandfather brought back from his time in Turkey that I enjoyed wearing as a teenager. Um, not okay. not the aforementioned knickers that were bought at, um, I believe, <laughs> Sears. Um, <but laughs> <laughs> okay, next pattern is called Ramona. And it's called a noon dress. And it is a fanciful lounge garment meant to be thrown on at noon when you roll out of bed. <laughs> This is this is not for people like us. And start a leisurely day um, puttering about your house or neighborhood haunts. This is although this, I, I actually really love the top. It's just it's, yeah, yeah. I would not. The be description a is situation. a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pattern. So I, I assume you can wear it even if you get up early. Um, <laughs> the pattern comes with two sleeve options and. Three skirt options, off optional ruffle editions. It sounds like a, a okay. Let's just describe what it looks like. It's not it, for it's, you. It's not for <laughs> me. It's a lot of ruffles, but it, the, okay. The the top yoke extends to the shoulder, past the shoulders there, and um, gathers in this neckline that's pretty high ruffled neckline looks like, and then these poofy sleeves and. Um, Kind of just an A-line dress. Is that what you'd call it? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's an A-line from there down on this first image. Um, yeah. So the other thing I'd say about that yoke is that when I look at it, because tomorrow's Halloween, my immediate very first thought for what I would do with this dress, um, and I mean this very kindly because I think it's perfect for it, is I, I would be a circus or a carousel. Because if you did that yoke, which is kind of rounded like that mm-hmm. in the color of the top of the circus tent mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. top of the carousel, you would then have the entire rest of the dress to create the the image of the costume you're trying to do. I think it's a really unique yoke because it is so rounded and it comes out past where your shoulder edge would be. Yep. It's it's down, down a little bit from your shoulder edge. It's really interesting. I recommend, even if your first thought is, I, I'm not going to make a circuit te- circus tent, it's not circus tenty at all. It just gives you a tool you could use for that. I would run over and at least take a look at this one because it is it is a genuine example of really interesting design that we're getting from Taco, which I love. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the next one is called the Doze. And it is a sweater. And let's see, the pattern offers three different neck finishes, a collar, a neckbound, and crossover hood. The front of the sweater hits just below the hip, but you can ex- easily extend it to tunic or dress length or shorten it to make a crop sweater. So there are no images with this crossover hood. Uh-huh. The second image. No. Okay, on someone's head. I don't understand what the hood is supposed to look like. Yes, I can see (laughs) the front neckline that she has a hood she is not using. But But it's crossover. You can see that. 
But for me, if I'm going to make a hooded thing, I want to see what the hood looks like on because, because okay. they're, I mean, come on, it's I like it's that. Pointed. The thing I like about this is the, the hemline. Um, it's, it looks like there's a faced hem there and yeah. it's got that kind of, uh, it looks like it goes up at the sides, you know, yep. kind of. Yeah, looks I nice also like finish. in that second image, you can see the pattern lines a little bit because they've gone with color blocking. Yeah, and, yeah, it looks cool. And it's, yeah, it's it's definitely a neat, a neat look for an item um, that is, if you think about it from a colored blocked perspective, it's yeah. an opportunity for me to either make something I love so much or that I hate by putting together things I think will work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Next up is Velma, um, and the Velma is a top, <clears throat> pardon me, is a top, and again, influenced by boxy styles of the 60s is, is the note on it. Um, it can be worn loose uh, as an oversized item or fitted in the arms and waist by closing the buttons. Oh, boy. And, <laughs> I know, right? So it's convertible again, which I'm I'm really loving. So you've got the opportunity of longer short sleeves. It looks like um, to me, it looks like a funnel neck that's gone like deep. So on the, the short sleeve uh-huh. version they're showing, it's a regular sort of, sort of what I would think of as, um, a stand-up collary type one. It looks like but it's like on out. a boat neck, like on a boat neck. And then the next one looks like it's a funnel neck version of that neck. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, I think this one's or cow neck. Cute. Maybe cow neck. That's another good way. I think this one's really cute. I, I like it. And I think the buttons are a design element. And I do like the idea of being able to bring it in or not, depending on how you're wearing it. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Other than the high neckline, would you ever wear something like this or do the buttons make it a no-go? Um, I like the top one. I don't know that I like the bottom one okay. so much, but I do. I like the button feature, actually. Yeah. I, like I think the top one is using the button feature at the waistline, right? I see. I see. Oh, because that's, that's how it's brought difference. in. Right? Oh, I think I would like that actually because I like things that kind of blouse like that. Um, yeah, it, it felt to me like one you might appreciate. Yeah, I like that. Okay, awesome. the, the next one is um, the picture is very interesting. This is the Regina, which I believe is um, okay. Okay, this is zippers and buttons that you yeah. can use to experience to to make different looks in it again. These um, are like pants, it, right? I mean, they're like pants. Um, yeah, and they're wow. This is an interesting thing. It has gussets, <laughs> um, and y- you just have to take a look at this. The two different versions of it look completely different. So the one the one version, <laughs> which is a woman with sheep in the picture um she's got these striped pants on that have this wide gusset thing on the outside of the pants that's pink and it kind of reminds me of hammer pants like that even though it's not like long crotch i think i don't know this it's a different look for sure and then the other version just looks kind of like regular yeah, it's just gussetless. Yeah. So. And they've made them out of a, maybe a jacquard knit. I, I, I don't have words for these. I don't know what to do here. Um, I, 
I'm not sure about these. I don't think I feel super comfortable about them as a thing I would wear. And I'm, I'm pretty I'm out there oftentimes. Um, but I also wonder if you were to do the one with the gusset, which is obviously the pair I, I most am drawn to, <clears throat> if you were to do them with the gusset in <clears throat> less contrasty. So what if your gusset was like, oh, oh, what if your gusset was sheer? Oh, wow. And the rest of your pant was a solid in the same colors. So like, say, yeah. like, um, or... like Terrence Williams black uh, embroidered yeah. Yeah, dusters. Yeah as the sheer sides and then a sheer, a, a solid ponte or whatever as your, um, as your sides. What do you think? Have that, I, that, have I saved them? Would that be kind of yeah. fun? <laughs> that would be kind of fun. I do think they've missed a big opportunity in not putting this out a little bit before Halloween, a little bit more. Oh, I, I will say that there have been a number of patterns here that would have been um, a great advantage in the U.S. for Halloween. Yeah. And maybe I'll remember this next year. Maybe I won't. Um, but, but if I do, I think there's some good bases for, yeah. for costuming. And, but but it's that's not... because you can go really wild. But I also yeah. think, like I say, with this one, I actually think if you did this in um, in that sheer with a solid, yeah. you would you would make a really neat like evening look. I, I think that would be really interesting, and it might be a way to explore exposing more of your body without feeling as uncomfortable about it. If you know what I mean, I think there's a way you could put that together where even if you didn't start the sheer quite as high, yeah, as it has here, that you could end up with. Just, just a way to to explore something that maybe you don't always consider because a lot of people feel weird about different parts of their body, right? So I yeah. think that's interesting. I'm I'm starting to love those too. And one thing I want to say too is, you know, we're, we're having some fun with ideas of costumes and stuff like that, but this is not to put this down because this is actually very innovative design and different than we see anywhere else. Thank you for pointing that out because honestly, I I tried to make that point. I think on an earlier one as well. This is. This is really unique stuff. You're you aren't finding this anywhere else, and I am so glad they're they're serving this up because it's it's an untapped market. Yeah. Um, I just I I sometimes I, I question some of the fabric choices that are made because I think it can make it harder for the average sewist that I know to be able to see past the pattern and go, oh, I can imagine a way to <clears throat> integrate this in my life. Yeah which may look a little different. So like these pants, it took me, well, you heard it was live guys. Um, it took me a few minutes to work around to how you could make those maybe work. If you weren't someone who wanted to hang out with sheep in a field um, with these exciting pants and they're really, really neat. I can imagine Katie Cortman really enjoying it. Oh yeah. The colors oh, as yeah. Well. Oh, um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of really great uses for them in everyday life, but um, but I do think a lot of these are really great bases for costumes, which is amazing to me because as a fat sewist, that's the thing I'm missing yeah. is a really good base for costumes because the big four who do most of the sort of specific costume patterning don't recognize that fat people also enjoy partying on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the final yeah. one is just a, a sweater um, with puffy sleeves and you can oh, just a sweater with puffy sleeves. You can, just. you can take a look at that. Yourself. I mean, they come in a crop length. I can wear them with those button pants. I feel like you're going to have to trace off this entire episode for me or issue for me, but <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Okay. I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, 
We do have an actual episode topic today, believe it or Wait not. Wait a minute. We have a topic? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so the topic is sewing gifts. And um, this is not gifts that we're sewing. It's gifts for people who sew. Yeah, um, that is definitely 100% of the way I think about it. Although I think there's a little bit of overlap potentially for things you might sew for people who sew. <laughs> um, but, but it's all we ought to talk about it. Last year, we sort of talked about gifting, I think, from the other perspective, the perspective of small things you could make for others. Mm-hmm. And um, I think really uh, got vulnerable about exploring how ungenerous we are. <laughs> so, well, so. you know what I like about this list? Um, at least <laughs> people always around Christmas time, like my mom and partner, ask, What do you want for Christmas? And I don't freaking know. And so, yeah. because I'm buy stuff myself. And so we, we have a few ideas in here, maybe that you could put on your Christmas list, because I imagine not that many people listen to our show that don't. So, um, so there are a surprising number of people who listen to our show who don't. So by the way, (laughs) are you serious? I am not kidding. I get, I get a weird number of contacts. Like I didn't think anybody would listen who doesn't. So, but I get a lot of contacts from people who don't, but who appreciate the process are considering whether they'd like to learn learn to sew. Not always the same thing, right? Okay. Or who just who just think that we're a delight to listen to, which is oh again blows my mind. <laughs> um, so there are people who don't sew who listen. And hi guys, we see you, we appreciate you. But thank you. Um, Sorry, I said but, that. <laughs> but these, no, no. I mean, it, it's doesn't it feel true? Until people messaged me, I would never have guessed there was even one person. Yeah. And so who listened, yeah. but then I started to think about some of the podcasts I listen to and I listen to podcasts about stuff. I, I definitely don't participate in like oh that. I have God. no interest in. So I listen to a podcast about um, the AFI top 100 movies of all time. I not only haven't seen most of them, I'm never going to go see them, mm. but I find the art of filmmaking interesting. And so I, li- I, I listen, even though it's not for me. And, and I think I've listened in the past to things like that too, where I'll listen to a podcast about, I don't know, making uh, landscapes in oil, which I think is really fascinating, but it's not for me. Hmm. I'm never going to okay. do it anyway. So, well, so these items are, are gifts. And if you don't know any sewists, um, uh, find some and you can give them these. Oh, gifts. there's you and I, I mean, we can, <laughs> I'll give my PO box right here. Um, okay. So, I, I started off by listing some of the things that um, I, I find. Okay, really this helpful. is beautiful. I just love your first item that's on the list. Yeah. That you put on the list. Everyone needs to know that Jenny put this on the oh, list. Oh, I did. Okay, fine. I put the Oliso Iron, the 1600, on the list. And I blame all of the people at my sewing retreat for this because this was an iron they had that is a wild iron and believe me wild irons aren't a thing I would normally be able to even conceive of and it is wild because when you're holding the handle it has little feet that retract up into itself so you can iron and when you're not holding the handle little feet pop out and stand it up above your surface so you're never going to have So you're never going to have that iron scorch mark that my mom's ironing boards always had. There was always that place where someone 
she would tell you it was my dad had left the iron face down too long and, and it scorched. Okay. So here's my perspective on that. Number one, that doesn't <laughs> happen really anymore because the iron starts beeping like crazy after just a few seconds of being set down like that. So that's annoying, but it, you, you would pick up the iron, but what I like about it is that because you put it that way, ironing boards are for the most part, pretty unstable. And so the reason that I needed a new iron is because mine fell uh-huh. off and it landed on the ground and broke and the iron itself wasn't broken, but the case was. And so the water spilled out. And so it was useless. I mean, and you can't get someone to fix something like that. Um, so this one I bought on your recommendation and I really like it. And I'm going to tell you some things that I really like about it. Um, number one, you pour the water in when it's when it's face down on the table, mm-hmm. like the, um, and so it's stable when you're pouring the water in, it has a nice spout for pouring the water in. So it doesn't spill all over the place. And the thing that I think is amazing. I had before this, a nice Rowenta iron and it just went through water really fast. Um, even, you know, like while it was sitting there and this one stays hot for a half an hour, but for some reason does not use up the water in that time. And so yeah. you're not filling it constantly. So mm-hmm. I think it's a nice iron. And there's lots of colors. I really do too. I, I think it's a very nice iron. And I do I do use irons now more than I ever did before. And I do blame Beverly. <laughs> um, but it's it's uh it is a nice one. The other thing I really like about it is it comes in like four or five poppy colors. Yeah. So it's not just plain white. You can get like a blue or a pink or a yellow, a purple one, like a magenta one. And I, I think it's neat to have a little bit of color going on there. So I, I, I really like this one and it has made the short list of things I plan to bring with me to Mexico in the one of two suitcases I'll be bringing. I don't even have all that much space. And I believe the iron is going to take some up. I'm going to get rid of shoes to fit the iron. Wow. That is crazy. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So what else is on the list? What are bobbin clips? Okay. So bobbin clips are these little plastic clips that are often used by quilters. Um, Hmm. Oh no, they're not. I'm wrong. Wrong set. Clips are the other ones. Bobbin clips are the ones that you put around your bobbins. So what it is, is, um, let me, no, of course I don't have any in this drawer. I gave my last set away to my daughter because I was a fool, but when I pull out my bobbins, they're all messy like this out Mm -hmm. of my bobbin space. And bobbin clips are something that you just clip around them to keep the threads in place. And they sometimes come with a little stick on this end that you can stick into the spool that the thread goes with. Oh, okay. Cool. Do you see what I mean? And yeah. so they keep things neat instead of the way my drawer is. So that's on my list because I want someone to buy them for me. Okay. <laughs> so then you also have the magic pins. Yes. So the magic oh, yeah. pins are fabulous. These are pins. They come in different thicknesses and they have these little, um, I guess probably silicone or something, but they have these little plasticky tops on them that you can iron over first off, which is really important if you pin things before you iron. And they also have ridges running up and down them that make them really easy to grasp to take out. Yeah. Which when I'm sewing, if I'm using pins, I take the pins out before they pass over my needle or under my needle, I guess is where they would pass. But I take them out prior to that. Typically, because my experience in the past with an older sheen machine 25 years ago or whatever, was that I could throw the timing off on the machine by hitting the pin just right. Mm. And that's expensive. 
there's <laughs> there's a lot of money spent on that. So the grip on it, making it easier for me to withdraw the pin is also really helpful to me. Um, and I, I love both parts of that. I, like I think them. that's I, ha- I have those as well. Um, they're not very expensive pins and they, they come in different lengths. I got the long ones that are very sharp and for, they're probably for finer fabrics, but I don't care if I have to, if I have to throw them out every once in a while, the finer ones go in the fabric much easier. Yes. And I bought different, different ones at different times. I go through pins like mad. I am. <laughs> I am funny. Someone- I know it's, it's weird. You don't um, even use them. I don't use them often. I use them for usually. So if I do like puff sleeves, I'll mm-hmm. put a pin where the gathering starts on both sides of the sleeve and at the center so that I have an idea of how I'm going to finger hold it into place. So I do use them in a variety of places, um, but I'm rough on them. When I stick them in, I, I use finer ones usually, and I'm bending them all the time. So I have a little jar that I just fill up with all of my, <laughs> my bed pins. So, I mean, I say I go through them like mad, but probably once a year, I have to go and buy a couple hundred new pins just mm-hmm. to, just to make up for what I've lost. And yeah, but anyway, okay. I love those. The magic pins are some of my favorites. <clears throat> okay. And those are, all of these are linked in our show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Another one that I really like the idea of is a custom sewing machine cover. And this is something where I think I'm going to gift myself one this year um, because the the sewing machine that I have has a hard cover that will go over it. And I I never use it. I couldn't even tell you where it is right now. It's probably under my cutting table. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not a thing I'm going to use regularly because I'm sewing all the time and whatever, yeah. but it's, but it's a big old hard cover and it's, it's fussier to put a hard cover on than a soft cover because you have to make sure everything's cleared from around the perimeter and blah, blah, blah. So I just don't use it. And I feel like since my cat sleeps on top of my sewing machine, I might benefit from having a cover of some sort on it. <laughs> Um, in addition, both of my cats are, uh, all three of my cats actually are scamps and will come up and grab just the littlest length of thread coming out of that needle and then take it all the way around the house. And so, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's not great. So I need something there, but more importantly on my serger, which, um, which I'm going to try and show Beverly a little bit of what I have is a pillowcase over the plastic cover that the serger has on it, same reason, problem with cats. Cats come over and they just, they eat all the thread unless I keep it covered. And the plastic wasn't enough to keep it covered. And the plastic is the cover that came with the darn thing, which you would think for the cost of that serger, that they would include something that wasn't garbage. Because that plastic is just like, it's just garbage. And so I found a link to a custom sewing machine cover that just talks about taking your measurements and sewing it together and offers up pockets. I'm not going to put pockets in mine. What am I going to be putting in pockets? Um, I just need a thing that goes over it and says, no, you may not eat this thread. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. And I think that's a really great idea. And I think a lot of sewists would benefit from having these. And it's the sort of thing where if you're a sneaky sewist and you want to make some for another sewist, all you have to do is know what their machine is. You can go get the measurements right off the website. Yeah. So I think it's great. Okay. Um, one of the things that I put in here is a subscription to either Taco Magazine or Fiber Mood. I think that's something I love getting people subscriptions to things that are useful. Like my nieces, I get them subscriptions to these little kits they get in the mail and it's something that gives them something all year round. So I think that's a, that's a nice yeah. gift. 
I think that I think that's a really great idea. Um, I hadn't thought of it, and I appreciate that you didn't list the one subscription. I never recommend to anybody. So. <laughs> no, I didn't list that I'm, one. I do love this. This is this is really great, and both of those are um, they're ama- they're amazing magazines. Even even where often for me for taco, there's nothing practically speaking I'm likely to make. Oh, but the show well, partly look through the magazines. Trace. And the the paper quality is so nice, yep. and I, I really like that magazine. I, I've got a couple of copies of it here because I have bought it, even though you, we both know I'm not going to trace a pattern. Off, but, <laughs> I, but I've got I've got them because you're right. the The articles are amazing. The photographs, just the the way that they elevate to art, what they're presenting is mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Um, yeah. And then I've listed a couple of books here that I think would be nice gifts. <laughs> Um, I have all of these books, actually. I got the um, Reader's Digest Complete Guide to Sewing. I got an old one, which I've linked here um, from Abe's Books. And it's, you know, I think you're going to get a used one if you get that one. But it was recommended on this um, in this Creative Hinterland class. And it just has all these things about sewing, like any question you might have. It's a really nice sewing book. I have listed the art of the act of sewing by Sonia Phillip. Uh, that's very nice for a, especially a beginning sewist. Very simple patterns that, um, that, uh, it's one of the few sort of size inclusive sewing books. Um, reasonably size inclusive. Um, and the, um, the third one that I've listed is Ahead of the Curve by Jenny Rushmore. Now, the patterns in Ahead of a Curve are um, from the larger size band that that Jenny has. So if you don't fit into the larger right. size band, you won't be able to use those patterns. But there's a lot of nice pattern adjustments in there um, that you could use even, you know, if you can't use the patterns. Yeah, and that's that's a um a really good a really good point there. I do love um Jenny's book because it <sighs> taught me things or whatever about how to do some of these really basic adjustments for larger body sizes that I've never I've never really understood the like the technical way to do it. Like I've just yeah. made stuff up. <laughs> and well, I was having Go ahead. Well, I was having a conversation with another sewist yesterday who was saying that that it isn't always easy to remember there are ways to do specific adjustments if all your life you've been sewing in a particular way. And in this case, it was a person who has a large chest and was noting that um, when they discovered how the adjustments were done, they learned how to pick their sizes differently. Yeah. Yeah. Which which was really critical, yes. but something they hadn't quite understood. Intuitively, they knew what they were doing wasn't working. So yeah. they would pick a different size for the front and the back of the garment or whatever, take mm-hmm. in the back differently. Um, but then learning about adjustments, like some of the ones you can find in Jenny's book or in other spaces was really helpful. Well, and it's, uh, I like that there's actual photographs in there of of how to do adjustments. And when you're needing, needing them, um, they weren't just kind of, like some of the books that tell you about fit um, have like all, there's a, a couple of things with a lot of the fit books. First of all, they are, they use outdated language, a lot of them on yeah. fit and flattery and to make yourself look more thin and things like that. Whereas Jenny's book doesn't do that. It just says your body is this way. The pattern is this way. How do we fix the pattern? So it fits your body. And I like it because I have kind of a flat butt and you know, um, there's a flat butt adjustment in there and a round butt adjustment, depending on which one you're, you know, 
It is. And you can see how much nicer the garment fits when you do those adjustments. So. Yeah, it is very much without judgment, which I've always appreciated about Jenny and the way that she expresses um, what's wrong with patterns relative Mm -hmm. to your body, because it's always what's wrong with the pattern. The pattern doesn't work for you. And this is why. And, um, and I love that about it. So that's amazing. Good, good recommendations. I've had the Reader's Digest Complete Guide to Sewing off and on for as you know, 40 years. It's okay. one where, where I'll have it for a while and then I'll get rid of it because I'm like internet and then I'll get it again and I'll get rid of it and, and whatever. They're very easy to find at used bookstores. Abe is obviously another really great way to get it delivered to your door, um, but, but they're very easy to find in that way. And even though my children are always telling me, no one needs books anymore. What are you doing? Why, why do you have this taking up space in your world? You've got Kindles. They they just mean that there are other ways to do it. You don't need to have the physical thing. Oh, for, um, especially for this kind of thing, though. I think a physical book is so helpful. Sure, I, I get do it find online. It useful. Yeah, I, I like do find it have... useful, and I like browsing through them. The other set that I really enjoy um, that I'm I'm, I'm not going to offer a link to, but um, is Singer did a series of books that were topical. So it'd mm-hmm. be like Singer on skirts and Singer on children's clothing and yeah. Singer on heirloom sewing and things like that, that are often, I mean, you can often find them for a dollar or less at used bookstores in their craft section. And, um, they're, they're beautiful with kind of, uh, heavier paper, like taco, et cetera, but glossy pages instead of matte, which is how it was back in the day. Um, lovely pictures, really great techniques, um, photographs of everything you're doing along the way. And those can be kind of fun as well. Um, if you come across them, they, they definitely have some worthwhile stuff to say. So the next topic is some is some fun ones, right? And can be yeah. um, expensive or not expensive. Um, and that is sewing <laughs> labels. So you can get a small package for not that much money, less than 10 bucks. Um, but you can also get the Kylie and the Machine has a countdown calendar. And yeah. I gifted that to myself last year. I think I'm going to do it again because I love, I have always loved an advent calendar. Um, the worst was one year my parents got us one that was just like, Every day there's another Bible verse. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> there's got to at least be candy in here. Um, oh, that's so, so evil. <laughs> <laughs> so then, but the but the Kylie and the Machines countdown calendar is so fun. And every day you open up another one. And, um, or you do like, I think, um, that thighs and mermaid pants is that is yeah. That yeah she she says she just opens it and takes them all out all at once and and sees what they are and she has attested that they are adorable this year so so I tried doing it the everyday opening one way and it turns out yes I would absolutely prefer just to open them all up and stick them in my drawer so I can start using them um. <laughs> but also you were like behind I couldn't believe you were behind I'm like but there's all these ones to open like but I keep forgetting because it's daily <laughs> I do better if I just sit and open and dump um so <laughs> I love it. And I appreciate that you've included a link to get it because in the States, it's not always easy to know where you can go and find it. Um, I also wanted to recommend a couple of other uh, label uh, sellers who have some, just some really adorable labels, Sarah Hart's and Inside Voices labels. I've linked both of those here. Sarah Hart's, um, the creator there was at the um, sewing event that I went to, the sewing retreat. Um, And I've since then purchased some of her labels and I really like them. They're adorable. And inside voices labels, I really love because they're irreverent. They are the labels that I like to stick on things when I'm feeling, I'm just feeling really sassy, I guess is what I would say. So 
Um, oh, I like them. There's yeah, one of them um, that says in, inefficient flotation device. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. My favorite is this one that has like um, clouds on it and a weird little smile on one side. <laughs> and on the other side, it says life is short and the night grows ever closer. <laughs> and I, I love that one. They they are the ones that make that the one with the arrow that says insert butt. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's another one that talks about the um, epicness of your butt, and there's one that behold um, my superb crotch. Yes, I love the crotch <laughs> one. I don't make enough pants to get to use that one. Um, oh, that's great. Good for I, crying I in. That's really yeah. good. I have I, the I most really wondrous ass in all the land. I mean, this is yes. Awesome. But the other side of that one says something like that they that you're, you know, in the top 10 or whatever. But I mean, it's like something that's less wondrous. Anyway, I love, I love their labels. So they're very fun. That's really cool. And labels can make a really great sort of stocking stuffer or just small gift for a sewist that you know, where you're like, you know what? I want to appreciate you, but maybe not $199 worth of iron. Um, (laughs) So so it's a good intermediate one. Um, And the next one is um, another simple one, which is pattern weights, which you can either make your own. I've included a couple of links there. There's um, and one uh, a link from Grainline and a, another link there. I'm not exactly sure. A YouTube video and then um, a Grainline pattern. And then um, there are lots of cute ones to buy. One that has swear words all over it, which is kind of fun. And then some of the cute tiles, depending on on uh, what you, what you prefer. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've definitely used Etsy previously to um, purchase pattern weights as well. I just, I, I like pattern weights as a thing to have. So yes, um, I do too. So they're I just have these um, like um, washers, you know, heavy wa- yeah. like washers, but I would love to have some cute ones too. I think that would, that, and you, you can always use more of those. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also then- included a video with a link to tons of ideas for SOAS, um, some of which we've included here, some of which we haven't. Awesome. That's really great. So I think we've set you up well to send us gifts. I mean, to send gifts to your favorite SOAS. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to go ahead and remind you to rate and review us. That would be a Five great gift only. for us. I mean, that's our favorite gift. So five stars only. Definitely share us with your friends. Um, We're sitting here right now just a little below 3,000 people who uh, follow us on Instagram, and we'd love to hit that. And sharing our show with others is one of the ways that we can do that. Um, We'd also like to remind you, if you enjoy this, join our Patreon. Um, We'd be so excited to have you. Or you can gift it to your friend. Oh, my goodness. What an idea. I didn't even know gifting Patreon was an option. I don't know if it is either, but... (laughs) But you guys could find out and let us know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> our Patreon is, of course, at patreon.com slash punkfrockers. And, and with that um, little bit of silliness out of the way, I guess we will see, see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. The Punk Frockers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frockers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.